You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Greetings and salutations, friends. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report. Of course, we're part of Rocket Sports Media, Rocket Sports Radio, and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, And we're so glad that you're here with us today. I'm your host of the show each and every Tuesday. My name is Amy Johnson. I also happen to be the lead correspondent at AHLReport.com, where we... Uh, provide comprehensive coverage of the Laval Rocket, the Habs prospects who play there, uh, and also we uh, also keep an eye on Habs prospects uh, playing elsewhere, uh, whether it's the ECHL, NCAA, junior hockey, European hockey, you name it. And uh, it's the last day of January. How did that happen? Did we not just blink a second ago and it was Happy New Year? It was Merry Christmas. Um, Where did the month go? Uh, You know, when I was a kid, my parents always said, my grandparents always said, um, enjoy how long everything seems to take now because the older you get every single year, time goes by even faster. And man, I hate sounding like my parents and my grandparents, but they were right because it just keeps going way too fast. It is hard to believe uh, we are on the edge of all-star break, both in the NHL and the AHL. Although I will say, um, hi, the NHL gets like a week and a half off for all-star break. Why doesn't the AHL get that as well? Uh, the Laval Rocket have games on Friday and Saturday this week. And then they play again next Friday and Saturday. So it's not like they have any significant amount of time off. Um, It's a little weird. We're going to cover all of that for you today. We have um, a bit of breaking news as far as uh, the Laval Laval Rockets' latest injury report, which just came out today, has some new information in it. We're going to cover that with you. We're going to talk about uh, how the Rocket performed Uh, Last week, playing against a couple of division opponents um, and obviously very decimated in their own lineup. How'd they do? Well, we're going to get into that as well. And then uh, in the second segment, AHL Hot Stove happens every single week. Uh, Patrick Williams will be here in the studio and Rick Stevens. Yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, Rick is going to be here uh, with us as well. The three amigos are back. 
they're going to be back together this this week and uh, we're going to talk about lots of things uh, with Laval. We're going to get Patrick and uh, Rick's take on how Laval has performed in the past week or so, as well as bringing you some updated information, some new world records set in the AHL last week, some exciting things. It's going to be a fun show today. So why don't we get right into it? And I promised uh, a new injury report that came out today. Uh, the big kind of breaking news for it is that Otto Luskinen is done for the season. Uh, shut down, not playing for the re- remainder of the season. Uh, had surgery last week on January 25th for a left hip injury. And he is officially done for the season. It's uh, it's unfortunate because Otto Leskinen was definitely one of those guys who could have been uh, an NHL call-up this season. And unfortunately, he's been out of commission uh, now for quite quite a bit of time. He hasn't played a game since December 14th. Uh, so it's been about six weeks since he has played when he got injured. And unfortunately, now his injury required surgery and he is done for the season. So that's a disappointing uh, turn of events for Otto Leskinen. Uh, in the 24 games he did play this season, he had a goal and seven assists. Uh, so, you know, was was doing... He's he's a bit more of a stay-at-home defenseman, but can produce, can move that puck. Uh, and I was looking forward to seeing how he could take a step forward this season. And unfortunately, that opportunity got cut short by this injury. So we wish him a speedy recovery. Um, in other injury news, Tori Dello, Madison Bowie, and Gabriel Bork are all practicing with the team. So we could potentially see, I don't know if we'll see any of them this this weekend uh, when Laval plays. It is possible that we could see one or all three of them. Uh, so it's good news that there's at least some, some returns from injury on the horizon. Uh, the interesting thing is that Kevin Poulin didn't actually play last week. Uh, Caden Primo, of course, was reassigned to Laval uh, now that Jake Allen has has gotten healthy and is playing again. And so Laval put Primo right back into the, the net because between last week and the end of November, Caden Primo had only started one hockey game. No matter, he didn't start any games when he was up with the NHL. And in the AHL, he had only started one game. Um, and so that's about two months that the guy who is supposed to be your up and coming goaltending prospect, um, hasn't played hockey, uh, which is a very long layoff. So they got him right back into the mix. Kevin Poulin, uh, didn't play and then didn't travel with the team when they went to Cleveland this last weekend. They actually called up Philippe DeRosier from uh, the ECHL, and it looks like Poulin has a lower body injury that's going to need further medical evaluation. So that's kind of an interesting turn of events. Uh, Kevin Poulin has not been, I mean, we're not going to say that he's been outstanding in net for Laval uh, this season, but he certainly has at least given them a shot to kind of crawl back into a a playoff position where they find themselves right now. Uh, So it will be uh, very much something to keep an eye on how long Kevin Poland's going to be out because Caden Primo does not look confident yet. He looks rusty. And then you've got Philippe de Rosier backing him up. So you don't have a lot of options uh, right now in net. 
Also, Nicholas Bodan and Jan Mishak are continuing their rehabilitation process. Uh, hopefully, we are going to see Mishak back in the lineup soon. Uh, I don't like the amount of time that that young prospect is missing for, for his development and, and getting more games under his belt. Uh, so hopefully, he's going to be back on the ice soon. The big mystery, and I know I've said this before, what is going on with Danik Martell? He is still not practicing with the team. Danik Martell has not played a game since December 3rd was the last time that Danik Martell played a game. And he went out with kind of mysteriously. Uh, Apparently it's an upper body injury, but that's all we've heard. There was never a timeline given for his return. There was never a needs further medical evaluation. There's never been an update as to what's going on. There's not been a, you know, he had to have surgery on something. It's just consistently every single time a medical report comes out, it's forward Danik Martell, upper body, is still not practicing with the team. That's all they say. And that's what they've said again today. I don't know if that means that he suffered a severe concussion at some point and that he's dealing with post-concussion symptoms uh, that has taken now almost two months. He hasn't played in almost two months um, and hasn't practiced and isn't skating. So that one is a gigantic mystery as far as Laval goes. Um, You know, it would be nice to have, I think, a little bit more transparency as to, okay, we don't need to know exactly what the injury is, but why is there no timeline on his return? That's what kind of, I don't know, makes me have kind of the educated estimation that perhaps it's concussion related and they can't, they can't really provide a timeline because as everyone knows, uh, concussion recovery, um, is is kind of its own beast and it does its own thing on its own timeline. I don't know that that's the case. I have no reports that indicate that that's what's going on. I am just, because we have a lack of information, I have to insert some uh, informed conjecture. And that's the only thing that I can think of uh, that would make sense there. So we'll see if that happens. But um, good news is some guys may be coming back soon. Bad news is other guys not, particularly Poulan and Leskinen's now shut down for the season. So, um, you know, it's like you two steps forward, three steps back uh, for J.F. Wool and his crew. Um, and, you know, when I say two steps forward, it's because they had a really successful week last week. They are on a seven-game point streak, folks. Um, they haven't won every game that they've played, far from it, but they have forced overtime or a shootout or have gotten a victory in their past seven games. That is, for a team that was scraping the bottom of the division and league barrel uh, a month ago, that's a big accomplishment considering how many pieces they're missing. We just ran through the litany of players who are out with an injury. Plus, keep in mind, Jesse Ullinen is up with Montreal. Raphael Harvey-Pinard is up with Montreal. Justin Barron is up with Montreal. Alex Belzile is up with Montreal. I mean, it's, they're they're missing so many people. Um, and they came out with a really strong week last week, um, surprisingly enough. 
Started with a final game at home on Wednesday night against the Belleville Senators. Uh, they did lose this one, uh, but they forced overtime on it. They lost 2-1 to one to Belleville, so they managed to get a point out of it. Um, it, tur- it, was, it was not a, a pretty game in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, Gabriel Bork was back, uh, sorry, Gabriel Bork, this is where he went out with an injury. Uh, this was the first game that he didn't play. Uh, but Brandon Zignac did get healthy and come back. So Zignac is back, uh, after he had been out for about a month with a lower body injury. Um, and as I mentioned a few minutes ago, this was Caden Primo's first start since the beginning of January, his only start in about two months. Um, and things just kind of devolved in this in this game. Um, you know, the penalty minutes weren't huge. 16 minutes uh, for the Rocket, 18 minutes for the Senators, but it was it was chippy really throughout the entire thing, um, and it just was a, was a bit ugly. Um, and as I said, they managed to get a point out of it, but Belleville did eventually come up with the winner. It was none other than uh, tough guy Scott Sabrin who ended up uh, winning it for Belleville on that night. Um, so then that meant they they left uh, for a road trip without Kevin Poulin, as I mentioned. So Philippe de Rosier had been recalled uh, to back up Caden Primo. So you kind of knew they're not going to start Philippe de Rosier over the weekend in Cleveland. So okay, that would mean Caden Primo Wednesday night, Caden Primo Friday night, Caden Primo Saturday night. Nothing like tossing him right back into the fire. So this was two back-to-back games against the Cleveland Monsters in Ohio. Cleveland and Belleville are the two teams that are now chasing Laval in the standings for the division. So these were kind of important games as far as the Rocket trying to establish themselves where they're at in the standings. Um, Once again, went to overtime and lost. So back-to-back overtime games, back-to-back losses. Uh, this was a 3-2 to two loss to the Cleveland Monsters. Um, and if there's one guy who you could say has really emerged in all of the injury and recall absences, um, it's Joel Teasdale, which is might be surprising uh, to say. Right. Uh, Joel Teasdale has had quite a struggle ever since he went pro. We know that he had major injury setbacks um, and the times that he has slotted into the lineup when he wasn't a healthy scratch. He hasn't exactly played with a ton of energy. He hasn't he hasn't looked uh, truly like what he at one time promised to be. But this absence, this this hole that's been created by call-ups and injuries kind of has given him a bit of a bigger role and responsibility. And to his credit, he has stepped into it. He has he's he's on quite a scoring streak. Um, and I mean, he had a he had a hat trick uh, last week. Uh, he's at 13 goals, nine assists on the season in 31 games played, um, which is, I mean, Joel Teasdale would have really been happy to have those kind of numbers a, a year or so ago. Um, so he also uh, was one of, he, he got the scoring started for, for Laval on this night, but they eventually could not win uh, this one and again fell um, three to two. So got the point, but once again, gave up the two points to a division rival. Well, all of that changed on Saturday night when Laval flipped the switch for the last game of the road trip, and they really kind of took it to the house with Cleveland. Um, 
it was the only the only change that Ull uh, made in the lineup was that John Parker Jones came out and Trois Rivière call up Riley McKay slotted in. Um, and Riley McKay actually ended up getting uh, his first AHL goal on this night. Uh, Teasdale again uh, scoring on the power play. Lucas Candata with a couple of goals. Anthony Richard with a power play goal. Um, on this night, the power play was clicking for Laval this night. They went three for seven on the power play. While their PK actually, can, the, their PK is still the worst in the league, but the Monsters went 0 for 4 on the power play. So the PK did their job. Power play really stepped up. And uh, there just was no clawing back into this one for Cleveland and Laval won this one seven to four. It was a it was a really uh, it was a really good effort. Kandata actually with a hat trick because uh, uh, Mitchell Stevens and he uh, kind of got a breakaway uh, empty net right in front of them. And Mitchell Stevens, knowing that Kandata had two goals on the night, uh, unselfishly tapped the puck over to Kandata so that he could finish off his hat trick. So. Uh, you know, three games last week, and they came out with four of six possible points. Um, you know, that's that's not too shabby. Uh, so where does where does Laval stand right now? Well, they are in fifth place in the division, which, if you remember, the top five teams in the North Division do make the playoffs. Uh, with 42 points on the season, that is a five-point differential against the Cleveland Monsters, who are sitting in sixth place. So they have put a five-point gap between themselves and Cleveland, um, and Belleville's right behind them with 36 points. So a five-point gap back to Cleveland, a six-point gap to the Belleville Senators, um, which is, that's, you know, nothing to, to, to stick your nose up about. Um, that's, you know five points is is a is, is a bit of an obstacle to overcome for Cleveland so right now you know and Laval is only one point behind the Rochester Americans who are sitting in fourth place it's it's crazy they're four points behind the Syracuse Crunch who are sitting in third place so suddenly the North Division um, is turning into a, a real bottleneck in the third fourth fifth place positions uh, and it will be fascinating to see what kind of jostling takes place? Can Belleville and Cleveland put things together? They absolutely can. Cleveland, in fact, has three games in hand on Laval. Um, the Rochester Americans have four games in hand on Laval. So that's at Syracuse also has three games in hand. So that's going to start to come into play as we keep going. But there is at least, and do listen, to be quite honest, you know, yes, anything can happen in the playoffs if Laval manages to limp their way into keeping a playoff spot. Um, do I think they're going to go as far as they did last year? No, I don't. Um, I could I could certainly eat my words on that come April or May, but but I don't believe um, that there will be as big of a of a sustained push in the postseason if they do qualify. Um but it certainly is at least making things exciting. They're at least winning. Uh, at JF Wool consistently talks about you know the next man up mental mentality, and and guys are doing that. Um, the prospects that are um, the top prospects that were in Laval have are 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 making an impact in the NHL. Ulanin, Harvey Pinard, Barron. Um, 
That leaves on the prospect side of things in Laval. You know, you've got, as I said, Joel Teasdale. While I don't think that he'll ever be an NHL player, he's at least stepping up his AHL game right now. Uh, Xavier Simino doing the same thing. He's kind of a tough, grinded out uh, forward who is who's doing his part as well. And Caden Primo. Well, it just remains to be seen uh, how things are going to progress for Caden Primo. Because I will say, despite the fact that Caden Primo did start all three of those games last week, um, they are fortunate that they were able to get to overtime in those two games that they lost in OT. Caden uh, Primo, there were definitely goals in all three of those games last week that he would have liked to have had back. Uh, so hopefully it's just a bit of rust that he needs to shake off and not more of that loss of confidence and inconsistency that we've seen from him in the past, but we'll have to see, you know, with Kevin Poulan out, Caden Primo is going to get a full workload here, at least for the next week or so. Uh, and we'll see how all of that works out this week. They have most of the week off from games this week, uh, but they do travel to Toronto. Now here's the, here's the thing. They travel to Toronto to take on the Marlies on Friday night and Saturday afternoon. Toronto is solidly sitting in the top of the North division with 60 points. Uh, the, the next closest team to them in the division is Utica and they are 10 points back. Um, so, you know, Toronto has been, uh, the best of the division from the get-go at the start of this season. And Laval does not always perform well when they visit Toronto. So two games against them back-to-back, less than 24 hours um, on kind of the eve of their little mini all-star break. It's, it's that that's going to be a tough task, but we'll see what they can, we'll see what they can do. Uh, and then yes, the all-star skills competition takes place on Sunday night in Laval. Keep in mind, Laval is hosting. Laval is hosting the All-Star Game, finally, three years after they were supposed to do it uh, back in 2020. Uh, So we've got the AHL Skills Competition on Sunday night, the AHL All-Star Game on Monday night. Um, We will have here at AHL Report and on Twitter at the AHL Report, we will have full coverage of the Skills Competition and the All-Star Game. Um... We'll have, you know, live updates on Twitter as things are happening, plus uh, summaries of each night's events uh, afterwards, uh, keeping an eye on, of course, Anthony Richard. And as it still stands, Justin Barron is still on the roster, but I would imagine uh, that he might come off uh, because he is still up with Montreal. So he may not be in attendance. We'll have to see how all of that shakes out. But uh It's going to be a fun weekend, two games in Toronto, and then back-to-back All-Star Nights on Sunday and Monday. You'll want to keep it locked here at AHLReport.com and follow the at the AHL Report on Twitter so that you don't miss a minute of all of the action and the fun. And uh, yeah, we'll see. uh, We'll we'll break it all down for you again next Tuesday. Uh, When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. We've got a brand new message. If any of you are NBA fans... DraftKings has a great new incentive for you and our good friends over at Raycon Audio. They are back as sponsors of the show and they've got a great uh, sale going on right now courtesy of a special promo code just for listeners of the Press Zone and the Hockey Podcast Network. So let's take a break, hear from those two fine sponsors. On the other side, Patrick Williams, 
Rick Stevens are both going to be in the studio with me for the AHL hot stove, and they're both going to give me their takes on how long they think Laval can sustain the kind of performances that they had last week. So you don't want to miss it. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to the Press Home Podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Hey friends, you know, this time of year everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time pretty unrealistic. Like, you know, how many of us are really going to stick to that New Year's resolution that we're only going to eat salad for lunch every day this year? I doubt it. I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, You don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be a part of a big change if it's something you use every day, like my Raycons. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. In the studio, whether I'm recording a podcast, whether I'm working as a voice actor, I have big, heavy studio headphones on for all of those types of things. The great thing about my Raycons is when I just need some casual listening for audio, if I'm working, if I'm writing, doing something like that, and I just want to listen to a podcast uh, like those here at Rocket Sports Radio, or if I just want to listen to some music in the background, my Raycons are wireless, they're small, they fit in my ears perfectly, which is always an issue for me with in-bud earphones. So whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycons got you covered. And yep, Raycons start at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't even have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Um, Some of the things I love about my Raycons, I love the customizable sound profiles, uh, tap functions on the sides of the earbuds. I love the awareness mode because I don't want to tune out necessarily what's going on around me. So you can turn on awareness mode, which allows some of the ambient sound around you in the room that you're in or where you're, whatever your environment is to seep in so that you can still hear what's going on around. They're water and sweat resistant. So if you want to use them when you're working out, that's great too. So are you ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today 
to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And welcome back to the Press Home Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Thanks again to our sponsors at DraftKings and Raycon. Uh, Be sure you check out the incentives offered uh, in those two uh, commercial messages. And of course, be sure you are subscribed to this podcast. Uh, Tap the subscribe button, hit that share button. Uh, share this content and this podcast on your favorite social media platform and be sure you're following at the AHL report on Twitter. At the beginning of the show, I lamented that the month of January went entirely too fast because it seems like a second ago we were just celebrating the new year. But the good part of the month of January has gone really fast is that it means that it's time for Rick Stevens to join Patrick Williams and myself in the studio for the AHL Hot Stove once again, and he is here. So first of all, Rick, welcome back. Glad to be back. And of course, every week, as we know, none other than Patrick Williams is here as well. How are you? Oh, You're good. Thank you. Rick wanted to ask the Angels if they would sing you happy birthday this week, but they, they just <laughs> for some reason wouldn't comply. It's not in the CBA, I guess. Uh, apparently not. Apparently not. Um, welcome back to both of you. Glad that glad that you're here um, as we are gearing up for All-Star Weekend, both on the NHL side and the AHL side. Um, should note, uh, I know I talked about the All-Star Weekend uh, in the last segment, but should also add that uh, it was confirmed today that uh, the, the entire AHL all-Star Classic Weekend, both the skills competition and the All-Star Game. Uh, they're going to be broadcast nationally in Canada on TSN and RDS. Uh, that will be simulcast. I guess the TSN broadcast will probably be simulcast on the NHL Network here in the United States. Uh, and will also be free all weekend on AHL TV. So, guys, there's no excuse for anyone not to watch along with us. None. None. <laughs> None at all. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, going to be pretty fun um and as i mentioned in the first segment of course uh we'll have lots of coverage from the ahl report both on social media and on the website um patrick you will be there so i imagine next week on the hot stove we're going to get to hear lots of firsthand accounts of uh the atmosphere in laval for the for the uh for the event as well as your take on uh conversations you're probably going to have with uh scott president scott Housen uh during uh, his media availability, and also uh, be there for Dave Andrews' induction into the AHL Hall of Fame. Uh, lots of stuff that we'll be able to talk about next week for sure. Yeah, it's always a, a real hectic weekend. Uh, I mean, to some extent, sort of the the on ice stuff uh, for me, at least, is secondary to kind of the uh, the off ice stuff with Scott Helson and you know getting getting the uh, <clears throat> you know lay the land for the league. You know, especially this will be his first time giving a uh, mid-season uh, yeah, kind of state of uh, the league uh, address. So it's um, 
it'll be interesting just to see how he manages and handles it. And um, big theme right now, obviously, is the league is is still you know digging itself out of the pan- post pandemic uh, um, difficulties, right? That and you know really the entire hockey world had to deal with. Uh, so um, attendance has been picking up. So that's uh, one positive for the league, but. Yeah, it would be interesting. And certainly, you know, in terms of uh, just, you know, player-wise, you know, you get all these top players in the league all in one place. It uh, really makes uh, things very efficient in that regard. So, um, yeah, it should be – it's always a good event. Uh, you know, you guys both have been to several of them, so you know what it's about. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fun event. It's a real opportunity, though, here. I, I think it was a really good point mentioning that this will be Scott Housen's first – um, message at at a, an all star event, a mid season message, um, and and probably, at least my expectation is that um, it's going to be quite a different message uh, that or an opportunity for a different message than if he had have delivered one a year ago. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. If it had been a year ago, um, more uncertainty a year ago than I guess is that that's what I'm getting at. Then, yeah, that was you know that was, I mean, the pandemic was very still very fresh at the time, and um, that would have been just coming right off that abbreviated season, which was such a strange and surreal experience. I think for anybody that was anywhere near it, Um, you know, it's it's also interesting too because I mean, he when he took the job or when he started, it was immediately like thrust into this whole situation, right? Mm-hmm. For the better part of two years, that's all he had on his plate was was the pandemic and, and somehow navigating the league through that. So now that he is a little bit more through that, now we'll maybe be able to see what kind of stamp he puts of the league, mm-hmm. puts on the league, you know, from his own his own self and you know what direction might he take it how will he be similar to dave andrews his predecessor how will he be different so uh, i'm definitely looking forward to in that regard absolutely well we look forward to talking to you about it next week as well can't Mm -hmm. wait to hear how all of that um kind of shakes out uh today um we are going to get to some some news around the league of course we've got uh some hershey bears world record news to talk about we've got the ahl player of the week that we're going to introduce you to in just a little bit. Uh, in fact, we're actually also going to talk a bit about Atu Ratu, uh, who was part of the big Vancouver Canucks trade that just happened yesterday. Before we get to that, though, I just kind of want to wrap up what uh, I was speaking about to our listeners in the first segment, which was going over you know Laval's performance for the past week. Of course, uh, they played three times last week. Uh, Forced overtime twice, but ultimately lost, but got the two points out of out of each of those overtime um, games and then went on to win on Saturday. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are touting the fact that they're on a seven point game streak. Yes, they've lost. You know, there's seven point game streak. That doesn't mean a seven game winning streak, but they have mm-hmm. managed to force either overtime or a shootout uh, quite often. So they've put themselves because of that into a playoff position now in the North division, which is uncanny to think of when we know how horribly their season has started. So um, my question for each of you, and you may, you may each have a different perspective on it, but I just kind of wanted to, to add your voices to this conversation. Um, and, and Rick, I'll start with you on this one um, is just basically whether or not you believe that 
whatever Laval, whatever's working right now for Laval, is that really, you know, is it sustainable for, for the second half of the season? Or is this one of those, you know, just kind of exciting bumps that you get in a, in a, in a rocky season where it's just fun to be able to watch some at least uh, competitive games, but, but might not amount to, you know, some sort of miraculous playoff run or something like that. Always have to be kind of cautious when you make any kind of predictions, especially in for AHL um, teams and and for any kind of you know medium or long term, uh, because things can can change so quickly. Whether it's uh, with respect to injuries, injuries on the team, or injuries on the parent team, um, and and call ups and 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 all of that. And and for both Laval and Montreal, they they've each had. Um, injury issues to to contend with, um, and 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 that that kind of compounds doubly for the um, for the AHL club. Um, they 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 are uh, playing exciting. They're they're mm-hmm. competitive. Um, you know, can they sustain the level of success? Well, um, even their 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 success, as you said, is 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 kind of measured. It's better than than how they started. <laughs> Definitely, uh, but they've lost their last three. They're four and six in the in their last ten. Um, so is that better than what they were doing before? I, I, and I think it's you know when they get home, they it's it's a it's a team that really uh, plays better at home, thrives off of off of uh, an excited full building most nights um and and it's the kind of 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 uh hockey that they play that that both energizes fans and fans energize the way they play they play mm-hmm. very relentless they play a pressure game all over the ice um so can they continue to do that um even with with um the interchangeable pieces i i think they probably can there's a very experienced coaching staff uh, a coaching staff not selected by the the current management team, um, so maybe they're you know uh, looking at their next positions and and as J.F. Wool said, they're looking to play a, a brand of hockey that's going to uh, play for the good fans in in Laval more so than than what you typically think that you know they're coaching for gameplay rather than mm-hmm. um teaching and 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 learning and development well there's not that many prospects right now in, in Laval <laughs> there's anyway. not many left they've, um, they've been picked so, clean so can they sustain this this kind of um you know ener- level of energy and and competitive play uh, i'm i'm sure they can and if 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 that um you know is it is is uh, appreciated by the fans in Laval, well, that that checks that box. May not check the development box, but it it makes um, it, it makes you know around the league they would look at at how the coaching staff has been able to motivate that group that they have. Absolutely. So, Patrick, let me come to you and ask ask you you know your thoughts. Um, I know you had a feature on the AHL's website this week about this little bit of a of a surge that Laval's had in the last week or so. Um, you know, from what from what you've seen uh, and and can and can analyze, what what are your thoughts on on the current state of the Laval Rocket? Well, I'll give them a lot of credit for the fact that, given the state of the lineup right now, um, the injuries obviously number one, and then number two, I mean, missing a few key pieces um, that are up with the the big team. 
to go on the road and, and pick up points, I think, um, especially given that um, playing on the road has been a real difficult uh, task for them this year. They're actually third from the bottom this mm-hmm. year in, in point percentage on the road, so in the entire league. So the fact, now granted, it wasn't the cream of the crop that they were facing, <laughs> but um, when you're in the position that they put themselves in, which was that three uh, eight and three and zero start. I mean, you know, you, you take what you can get, and um, I think all things considered, the fact that they're five points clear of the playoff line in the North Division now, albeit they give up games in hand, mm-hmm. I think you would take it, considering where they were two and a half months ago. Yeah, uh, they were very real, real danger at that point of burying themselves for good. Um, so they're at least now in a position where, you know, if they can at least maintain some sort of um, consistency with the level they're at now, that they should be able to stay in contention down the stretch here and at least be playing meaningful games. I think what you, if you're the Laval Rocket and by extension the Montreal Canadiens, what you had to be really concerned about two months ago was, are these guys going to be just playing off the string for two and a half, three months. Um, I think that was a very, there was a real distinct possibility. So the fact that they've, uh, at least for now, put that possibility off to the side, I think uh, you'd have to take it as a positive. Excellent. Well, I appreciate uh, both of your outlooks and perspectives on this um, because it is a, it is kind of a fascinating story as it, as it's, as the season has been going along. Uh, and always great to get your voices in on on that opinion as well. So so thank you for that. Um, before we get to the general AHL news that we want to cover this week, um, as it as it is, uh, kind of officially consider NHL trade season open with Vancouver and uh, the Islanders making a trade um, earlier this week with uh, Bo Horvat uh, leaving Vancouver to head to Lou Lamorello's club. Um, there was an AHL piece of this puzzle, and that's um, Atu Ratu uh, has been has been traded now going to uh, the Canucks. So um, I'm going to ask you each kind of a different question to just to bring listeners up to speed on on why this was a piece of the puzzle that that Vancouver would have wanted in their package. Um, I guess let's let's go all the way back first, Rick, and and just could you talk a little bit about. Um, who, you know, in, in leading up to his draft year and where he was selected, what were the expectations behind Aturatu? Well, I think he was um, he was kind of a polarizing prospect in that be, between, scout, uh, between scouts and, and even between visits in his draft year, um, he was very inconsistent. He would show as, as a, you know, kind of a... a, a a top line shoot first driving uh, drive to the net kind of player at, at times. And, uh, you know, uh, other times uh, more disinterested uh, complimentary kind of player. And, and um, you know, some scouts had him um, really high going into the draft. Bob McKenzie sung his praises um, quite high. And, and then <laughs> I remember there was a scout that, that I value. And, and he said, you know, I look at Bob's rating and, and I think, did I forget how to scout? Um, because others were at a completely opposite end. And I, I think, um, you know, there was, there was, um, issues with his skating, more of his mechanics than, 
than anything. He seemed like a, a kind of player who, who competed well, who uh, was willing to go to the net, willing to play in traffic, um, you know, and, and had that his hands, they always talked about his hands and his ability to, to, to move the puck and, and to stick handle through um, defenders. And, and um, I, I don't know that, that um, there's been a lot of, um, of, of improvement. You know, they talk about a development curve. His seems to have kind of flatlined almost. Um, and, and as you're progressing as a, as a prospect, um, you know, you have to adapt and you have to learn and you have to expand your, your skill set. And, and he seems to have, have kind of stayed steady, does the same things as become very predictable question about if, you know, on that learning side, if he's coachable, um, so I think, you know, this is, um, you can still see that there's potential there and, and it's one organization saying, we think we can get out of him what the, what the previous organization, uh, failed to do. And so, um, Patrick, he has been a, a, a piece of the Bridgeport Islanders puzzle this season. Can you give us kind of a scouting report on, on how he has actually performed this year and, and what he is currently bringing to the table? I would say um, I'm, you know, pleasantly or cautiously uh, optimistic or, or pleased with what he's shown so far. Uh, he was able to earn a call up to the Islanders. Granted, the the New York Islanders. That is, uh, granted, there was a lot of injuries up top, so I think that came pro- probably before um, that would have been planned otherwise. Um, I thought he he handled the first couple months in the AHL reasonably well. Um, it's an adjustment. Now, I do like the fact that he was able to come over late last season, play a couple regular season games, and then get playoff time, and at least he had something to work with when he went back home for the summer and, and uh, I think that served him well coming into this year. Um, I'll be interested to see what Vancouver does with him. For now, they're, they're sending him down to Abbotsford. Um, so he'll be down there with uh, uh, Vasily Pokolzin, uh, Danilo Klimovich, uh, you know, some real good young um, talent in that regard. And also the Abbotsford has a real good veteran base. Uh, it's a team that uh, they're not – necessarily a top contender in that Pacific division, but they're kind of that next tier down. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a chance for him now to come into a group and um, experience uh, a good playoff race. Um, you know, Bridgeport's been, they've been such an up and down team this year. Bridgeport had a great start and then uh, they got hit by injuries and call-ups and they were bad for, for the better part of a month and a half. So I kind of, for his sake, like him to be out of that situation. Go to, go to Abbotsford. Um, take it from there, and I think if Vancouver's smart, they'll resist the temptation uh, to bring them up to the NHL level too fast. Well, in uh, the 20-year-old, in his 27 games uh, with Bridgeport this season, uh, so far has seven goals and eight assists, so we will see if he can build on that now that he's with the Vancouver organization. Um we would be remiss if we didn't uh, say a congratulations to this week's AHL Player of the Week. Rick, just for you, it's a goaltender. Should always, every week should be <laughs> should be a goaltender. Just for you, it's a goaltender. Uh, Syracuse Crunch's goaltender, Hugo Onnefeldt, uh, is the AHL Player of the Week. Uh, only let in one 
shot he faced last uh, week. Played, uh, started two games, stopped 80 of his 81 shots uh, for a 0.51 goals against and a 988 save percentage. Um, I'd say that that's a pretty decent outing for a couple of games for a goaltender. Particularly, uh, Patrick, with how up and down things have been in Syracuse, uh, not the least of which in their goal crease. Yeah, they just needed somebody to come up and, and step up, right? Like, you know, we were talking you know, before the show, you know, Jack LaFontaine had that six-game suspension for the uh, very rare uh, goalie off the bench <laughs> <laughs> after being pulled for an extra skater uh, situation, which I can't ever recall that happening. Um, so that, Not that really. Was Six games for that, really. <laughs> it's a goalie union um, speaking that's all yeah <laughs> the goalie and union so, nice. you know max legacy uh veteran guy there has been uh he's been really worked pretty heavily and then Olafeld had been injured so uh for Olafeld to come in and he faced you know real good providence team on on sunday afternoon 51 shots against uh, a team with some real real finishers um yeah it's great for him uh syracuse is doing what the syracuse does which is Second half rolls around and it's like they flip a switch and they're like, all right, we're ready now. Uh, we got ourselves squared away in the first half and the second half is for, for rolling up points. So they've been on a good tear here for the better part of three weeks. Um, it's funny. I, I remember speaking with them, with Ben Grew after the game on January 8th, uh, which was a, which was a loss uh, on the road in Hershey and uh, he was not real thrilled with his team. Uh, and then ever since then, they've been on a, on a real run here, and now they're uh, they're up there into the top three of the age or the North Division, and um, you know looking looking like the Crunch as we know them, right? Like just <laughs> a team that um, once they get their act together every year, they become a real threat down the down the stretch. They definitely do, and it took until December before Laval actually really started to see them at all, which mm-hmm. was odd. Which means Laval uh, unfortunately missed their Syracuse's shaky start of the season and yeah. we'll now see them quite a bit in their <laughs> much stronger second half of the season. Um, and Rick, of course, you're just always happy when there's a goaltender who's the player of the week. Well, and, and Laval's going to have to have a plan for Olnefeld because uh, I like this little nugget from uh, the crunch that since December 10th, Olnefeld is seven, one and Oh, with a league best one, five, one goals against average and a nine fifty three save percentage. So he not only had a, a terrific week. Um, it's it's been over the last uh, more than a month, month and a half. That's just incredible. So congratulations to him. Uh, we uh, the listeners of this show and and the AHL Report crew will certainly see plenty of him uh, in upcoming weeks as uh, Laval and Syracuse meet much more often. Um, I do believe that Laval has seen Hershey for the last time this season, uh, but Hershey once again making headlines. Uh, we know year in and year out, uh, the Hershey bears are the team to beat when it comes to tossing teddy bears onto ice surfaces. And once again, this year they've outdone themselves, um, you know, and, and full credit to the fans who pack the giant center who make this happen every year and seem to get just the biggest kick out of beating their own record year after year (laughs) after year. Um, in a in a in in a building that seats probably what Patrick between nine or ten thousand maybe uh, ten thousand five hundred okay yeah. so about yeah. ten thousand fans in Giant Center 
On Sunday, 67,309 teddy bears and stuffed animals hit the ice at Giant Center. I mean, guys, this I can't even fathom what, A, how long that took to clean up, <laughs> and B, just that amount um, of stuffed toys all going for a great char- cause for charity. Yeah, so that comes out, like I did some quick math after the game, that comes out to roughly 6.4 bears per person. Um, which I'm trying to like... <laughs> yeah, crowded seats. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah um, the logistics of that are are, are nuts um, because yeah. some are bringing way more than 6.5 bears per game. Or bringing bears not, that are like six foot tall. <laughs> yeah, they're not those little like tiny bears either. They're like, yeah, the... You know, like at the carnival... Yeah. Kind of bear, like if you knock the, the ball big down, one. Like, yes. You know, like, yeah. So <sighs> I can't explain. It. I mean, they love, they love their, uh, their teddy bears and Hershey apparently. Well, but, and here's the thing, right? <laughs> so, so as I said, they love to beat their own world record yes. over and over again. They didn't do it by just a little tiny bit. Last no. year's record in 2022 was 52,341. So, they tacked like 15,000 bears onto the, it's not like, oh, we beat it by a hundred bears this year or even a thousand. Mm-hmm. It's like 15,000 bears. I, I mean, I can't imagine how long did that take to, to throw them all on the ice for goodness sake. It's, it's just oh, amazing. Gosh, yeah. Like it's not, yeah. Even, I mean, the bears come down and, uh, you know, it's, it's the strangest thing to see, right? Like, especially yes. like from our vantage point at the top of the building, right? Like, <laughs> it's like it's just like a steady stream for probably a good five to ten minutes. It's amazing, um, you know. And then a lot of the bears don't actually reach the ice, so then they're you know <laughs> dropping down the fans in the lower bowl, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a relay. It is, yeah, yeah, it's a relay. That's a good word for it. And then you got like you know, like there's a picture of Dylan McElrath, you know, like their Hershey captain, you know, like one of the real enforcers left in the game, and he's just like kind of like plopped right in the middle of a. <laughs> you know, there's this big burly tough guy, right? You know, you know so yeah, it's a pretty iconic photo they took, and yeah, it's unique. And then just the logistics, right? Like somebody has to ship all those bears off, right? Like there's two. Yeah big semis um, uh, for the bears. And then, you know, they distributed to 35 different charities around, you know, central Pennsylvania, which That's is, you know, is, you know, Amy is a pretty big, pretty big region. It is. <laughs> and uh, so there's a ton of logistics from the front office standpoint of just making that, making that all work because I mean, throwing the bears on the ice is only the start, right? <laughs> it's but, yeah. Cleaning them up and scooping them up and counting them and distributing them and shipping them and everything right like so yeah it's a it's a massive undertaking well so just a heads up to all the retailers in the hershey area you better start getting ready for next year that's right stock up stock up now yeah i think they probably cleaned out the uh the local teddy bear (laughs) supply probably well and rick you even mentioned you know logistics and i had i had jokingly say like how do you patrick came up with its averages out to about six stuffies per person um, you know, so, you know, it's an it's an older building. So it's a you know, the seats are not exactly there's not a ton of room in the seating area. And to make matters worse, the fans had to sit with those bears for the entire game, because unfortunately, it was a rare occasion that Hershey got shut out. And so they had to wait till after the game to throw their bears. <laughs> 
That's incredible. I can't imagine having to sit with all of those bears for two and a half hours. Plus. So those bears are going to come with, um, you know, some popcorn and and, uh, some mustard stains and, and, you know. Maybe. Maybe. I I do. um, My heart goes out a little bit to the fans in Hershey, particularly that, you know, that amount of bears uh, that that unfortunately they did have to wait till after the game um, um, to be able to to toss all of the bears. uh, Kind of an unfortunate situation for them then there. But I guess if you're looking on the bright side of things, Patrick, at least they got to end the game on a positive note, even though they got blanked. Yeah. And, you know, uh, roughly 67,000 kids um, across a pretty wide geographic area will get a little delivery um, from the Hershey Bears and the related charities in the next uh, little while. So, yeah, it's a great cause. No no question. Definitely tremendous. Uh, Congratulations to the Hershey Bears and congratulations to their fans for stepping up to this every single year. I can't wait to see what the number is going to be next year. I just can't wait. Um, And I, guys, how's this over already? The three of us get together, we get to yapping, and before you know it, the segment's over. Well, we're going to have to do it again sometime. I I think so. (laughs) I think so. Um, I can't thank you both enough for being here today. Uh, Patrick, uh, happy belated birthday to you, and thank you for being here. Well, thank you. And uh, Rick, thank you for joining us as well. It's always a pleasure to have you back in the studio. Really appreciate the invitation. And uh, we look forward to uh, having another edition of the Hot Stove coming up next Tuesday. Do we have fun on the AHL Hot Stove or what? Uh, And it's always uh, a little bit of extra fun when Rick joins the show as well. Great to have uh, the three original Hot Stove uh, folks back in the studio together. Uh, A big stick tap to Rick and Patrick for uh, a great edition of the hot stove this week. Lots of f- information there. Some some fun um, some fun news. Some really interesting kind of informed uh, analysis of of Le- Laval and how the Rocket have been performing. And uh, I know I just know uh, next week we're gonna have uh, lots of fun things to talk about. Uh, coming off of the All Star Game, um, you know Patrick Williams will have uh, some information about. Uh, Scott Housen's uh, media address at the All-Star Game and and things of that nature. So uh, looking forward to that as well. And we're looking forward to you being back here with us again as well. Uh, enjoy a bit of, of downtime as the All-Stars uh, go to do their thing and the rest of the hockey world takes a bit of a break. But we're not taking a break here at the AHL Report. I can guarantee you that. We will be hard at work bringing you both of those games against the Toronto Marlies this weekend. And then, of course, full coverage of Laval's hosting of the AHL All-Star Classic weekend on Sunday and Monday. So don't miss a minute of it. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next Tuesday so that we can talk about all of it. Uh, Stay safe, take care, enjoy your week, and I'll see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.